Hello and welcome to Strictly Horror, a marital tour of monsters, murder, and mommy issues. Spooky edition. I'm Allie. And I'm Tate. And today we'll be talking about Trick or Treat, a 2009 film directed by Michael Doherty. Okay, Tate. So for those listeners who either haven't seen this movie or need a refresher, can you give us a quick run through of what happens? So we chose this movie because, well, it's obviously spooky season. Yes, your favorite time of year. Which I consider to be from September 1st to December 23rd. Oh, God. But I mean, most people consider it October. So this month we will be doing October-themed movies. Yep. And just so you guys know, Tate decided to decorate the house September 1st. So we are already in the spooky vibes all around here. I told you, spooky season starts September 1st. (sighs) And I can't escape it. Never. Nope. So, today's movie is talking about some of the traditions of Halloween. Mm Mm-hmm. So, this is an anthology which has five interwoven stories that occur at the same time. A couple finds out what happens when they blow out jack-o'-lanterns before midnight. A high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have met the right guy for her. A group of mean teens play a prank that they may take too far. And a hermit is visited by a special trick-or-treater. So this is one of those movies that starts at the end. You know, it shows the scene that is intended to be the last scene of the movie. It shows it first thing so that you can kind of see how it ties together towards the end. And at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, why did they do that when they could have just put it at the end? And you argued that it just makes it way better and it helps tie it all together. But I still think it would have been fine without it at the beginning. I think it is very neat to see how all these things are happening right next to each other and how it ties it together at the very end, but yet still showing you that clip at the beginning. But we see pretty much a wider view of that clip at the end. Yeah, that's fair. We got to kind of see everything else that we didn't see in the when it was in the first clip. Well, why do movies show teaser trailers? Well, they're really bad with teaser trailers because they always show like the good points in the movie. And then you go watch the movie and the rest of it's just crap. But did they show you any good points of the movie? Yes. Like what? The death. Of the one girl. Yeah, and that's one of the five stories. You don't know anything about the other four stories that we see. I guess so. And it teases you and it pulls it all together. Yeah, but I bet their trailer actually gives it away. Maybe. Most do. But, I mean, there was a lot of plot twists in these little shorts. It's an anthology, right? And so there... But this is by far one of the best ones I've seen. But I... Also have not seen many, so keep that in mind. But it was it was really good, I think, because they were all related to each other. And lots of the other anthologies I've seen have no reason to be side by side. There is, like, no correlation, nothing. And this one was just really well with that. Like, it all did just tie in together. It was a bunch of different little plot stories. And they were meant to be individuals, but it also happened that they were all in the same area happening at the same time. They're all very well interwoven. And the thing is, unlike most anthologies, you see one story from beginning to end, and then you see the next one. 
Well, this one you see the part of one, and then the first part of another one, and then the middle part of the first one, and then the first part of a third one, and then the final part of the first one, and it jumps around between. Yeah, I mean, that saddened me a bit. Sometimes I was like, uh, you know, I could have just done without all this jumping, but in the end, like, the grand scheme of it, when I'm not trying to focus on these little things of it and being nitpicky, then I did really like it. Like, it all worked very well together and the plot twist of the one i that like there was one that in particular stood out to me at, at the beginning of it i like called out and i was like this is what's gonna happen and you were just looking at me knowing that i was along the lines of but i was about to get like mind fucked because it was just like a, a big twist at the end which i mean towards the end i saw it coming but i didn't i was like she's either a werewolf or a vampire and I couldn't really quite tell until I saw everybody peeling off their skin. Well, I mean, that's usually a good indicator. <laughs> yeah, I think also because we've seen a few werewolf werewolf movies where the we get to see the transition from human to werewolf, and we've seen how they how they transform and what happens first. Like the one that particularly stood out to us about uh, the werewolf starting. The transformation at his penis. Well, that was in Wolf Cop. Yeah, that was hilarious. And, like, there's a bunch of different movies that all have a different take on it, and this one was by far pretty creepy for me, even though it was kind of like a funny little anthology to watch. But, like, this one, when the girls were transforming into werewolves or wolves or whatever, um, they peeled off their skin, and, like, you couldn't tell if it was, like, gross, whatever your body's systems underneath your skin or fur coming out at first because it was just so close and it was like just gross and they were just flap throwing their flaps of skin everywhere there was a lot of degloving yeah it was nasty um but maybe for the listeners do you want to kind of explain the little a little more detail of each little anthology separately yeah sure so the first one that we see doesn't really actually have a formal name to it. Okay. So I'm just going to call it Emma's Fate. Oh, okay. Because this follows two people. The, I mean, it's presumably husband and wife. Yeah. They are coming home after a party or something we do not know yet. And Emma goes to blow out the jack-o'-lantern. After, hus- after taking off her giant robot kind of costume. <laughs> well, Yeah. But her husband says, you shouldn't do that. And then she says, why? And he says, well, it's tradition. Yeah. Then she continues to mock Halloween and say that it's not Hanukkah. Yeah. And so then they go in. She starts to clean up the yard, in which case she meets Sam, I guess. We don't see it, Sam. Yeah. But she meets Sam. She gets a bit um, torn up about things. Mm-hmm. and ends up in multiple places of the yard. Uh, yeah, in pieces. And her husband, because she's the one cleaning up because her husband wants to go watch porn, and so he goes inside to watch porn while she cleans up because she hates Halloween. And yeah, and then she's Diada. And uh, yeah, and that was the first clip, and I was like, okay, that was a really short anthology. Like, that was my first thought. 
Um, and I didn't know it was an anthology until the second one, but once I like realized, I was like, well, that first one was just so short. But they were, some of them were pretty short, some of them were a bit longer, but I mean, I think that they were all pretty good. Well, how they started out is it doesn't immediately tell you like, oh, this is some big anthology. Because mm -hmm. a normal scene like that happens at the beginning of a lot of horror movies. Oh yeah, all the time. A quick little murder scene that you see like in Scream or a Basically, lot of other horror movies. all the classics. Yeah, so, I mean, it's very consistent with that. Yeah, yeah, so you're kind of unsure, I guess, until you do watch the whole thing. Then you kind of realize, okay, it's kind of its own anthology, but at the same time, it's 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 a whole movie as a, a whole. Like, it's all one thing together. In the end, it all ties in. And, man, those, those stories were great. What was the second one that happened? Well, first I want to ask you, do you know what the Halloween rule is that's depicted in this short? Don't. In, in this section, um, yes. is uh, don't blow out the candle because it'll protect you. Yeah, you're not supposed to blow out the candle before midnight. Of the pumpkins. Yes. Yeah, which now I'm freaked out about, and you've been begging me to carve pumpkins since September 1st, and now I'm totally in agreement because, first off, I love the pumpkin guts. That's, like, my favorite thing to do is play with pumpkin guts, but also now we can be protected. And you think I'm the one that's going to be a serial killer. Wow, okay. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> the second one we see is The Principal. Yeah. Now, this one starts off, we see a rather chubby male walking down the sidewalk, breaking jack-o'-lanterns and... Just being you know, a kid, doing kid things. Being a kid, he walks up to a door and he sees a bowl of candy and says, take one. So he proceeds to dump the whole bowl in his bag. He turns around and he sees... The principal standing there. The principal walks up, says they want to have a talk to him, says, Oh, it's fine. I used to be just like you until my father taught me the traditions of Halloween. And Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of gives him a short little life lesson. And, uh, and yeah, it gets pretty, uh, it takes a wrong turn. So the principal states that one of the things on Halloween is to always check your Halloween candy. And after he says this, the chubby boy proceeds to chocolate fountain like a fire hose all over the doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> to put it bluntly. And he proceeds to drag his unconscious body into the house. Yep. More trick-or-treaters come. They think, oh, funny costume. He's got blood all over him. Yeah. They walk away. It honestly it just looks like a girl sneezed on her period while she had diarrhea. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyways. <sighs> I'm so sorry. The three kids walk away and then you see Stan Sam standing there at the door. Yep. Sam proceeds to take a candy bar, walk away, do his thing. Yep. He's the last kid at the door as he walks away. Yes, and you do not initially see him. It's after the last kid turns around that you see that Sam was behind him the whole time. Mm-hmm. But, um... After this, you see him in the backyard burying this kid, in which case he starts making a sound. There's a dog barking. Yep. He throws a finger over the fence, and then his neighbor walks out. Yeah, and his neighbor's all angry, like, who the hell is that? 
He explains to him that it's him. He makes up a story on how the septic tank is backing up. And that's why he's standing in a very uh, suspicious grave. Very. And he's, like, slightly trying to, like, bend down so that the blood and the chocolate, not poop, uh, the bloody chocolate on his shirt isn't noticeable. Um, And then, I mean, it's really bad and awkward. But the grumpy neighbor walks back into his house. He's like, whatever. Yeah, sure. He he believes him he's more like, or less. Yeah, he's just like, well, keep your kid out of my yard because he heard some rustling or whatever. Yeah. So then after this scene, we see a part that while he's talking to his neighbor, the boy is still alive and trying to get up. Well, I don't know because it's um, he threw the giant like the he he threw the kid in that had become the chocolate fountain and there was another body in there already and so i think it was the other body that was in there was still alive and was like trying to grab at his leg and like saying like help me and stuff i think that's their mom oh because the kid says that he misses his mom and he wishes that she was still alive oh my god And and she was though and well the other body looked like it had been in there for longer Okay, okay, good point. So. That's sketch. Okay. At you. So after this, he walks inside. He's mumbling about how much he hates his kid and all this stuff and how he's annoying. Yeah. Then we see him with a knife behind his back. And the kid says, are you ready to carve jack-o'-lanterns? In which case, he brings up the knife, slams it down. Then when he pulls back up the knife, you see blood on the tip. So you think, oh, he just stabbed his son. Yeah. And then it pans down and you see him standing in front of his son with the chocolate eater's head on a lazy Susan. Yep. And they just spin it around and they're like carving together and he's like, can I do the eyes? <laughs> like. No, he says, make sure you help me with the eyes. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was pretty adorable. So our, our next anthology that we're going to be talking about is called Surprise Party. Yes. Yes. Now, this one starts out with three girls. Yep. Well, we see three. There's actually four in three different dressing rooms. And they're trying on some classic slutty Halloween costumes. Now, we see a boy peeking through the doors, Mm -hmm. which is kind of irrelevant to the story. But I just wanted to add, because that boy is the actor who plays Sam. Oh. Yeah. So that's what he looks like when he doesn't have a weird face on head yeah yeah all right that's cool anyways they talk about how the one who is the least scantily dressed is a virgin Mm -hmm. and how it's going to be her first time tonight and all this kind of stuff and how they want it to be special for her well she wants it to be special and they're making fun of her for that yes so they go out they end up hopping in a news van and then going out with all the news people and then she's left at this street fair trying to find somebody to go to the party with her. Mm-hmm. They all have to bring a date. Mm-hmm. Now, just before this, we seen a, we saw a scene in a back alley. Mm-hmm. And it shows two people making out. And then the one person gets a little bit too frisky and proceeds to um, bite this girl's neck. Like a vampire. Yeah. So... <laughs> She runs out into the street screaming. People can't hear her screams because of the... Big party that's happening in the middle of the street. Yeah, she goes up to some people, asks for help, and she realizes that she is covered in blood. 
And, and so is everyone else. <laughs> everyone else is also covered in blood. Yeah. She then proceeds to go to Emma and her husband and ask them for help, in which case Emma's husband just states, oh, she's probably just drunk, let's go. Yeah. So we tie them back into this story. Mm-hmm. But then he kills the girl, and then he's just standing in the group, and he sees this girl in the Red Riding Hood costume sitting on a bench. Yeah. So she proceeds to start walking to this party. And this is the girl that was to go to the party with the other girls. Yes, she had to find her date first before she goes to this party. Yeah. So at this point, she is walking to the party. And she hears something, so she says, Whoever it is, come out, I know you're there. Mm-hmm. Turns around, nobody's there, turns around again, and he's right there. Now... He puts her up to a tree and says, my, what big eyes you have. Because <laughs> she's Red Riding Hood. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> the next scene we see is the Red Riding Hood cape gown thingy yep. fall into the middle of the party from yep. the treetops. With a body in it. Yes. And ever at the party, first, at first they look concerned. They all kind of jump and they're like what the fuck? And then, yeah, they're walking forwards because uh, the one girl thinks it might be her sister, the girl in the Red Riding Hood outfit, which obviously makes sense. Yeah. And then they pull back the hood to see the Mask of the Vampire character that we had been seeing earlier. And they all believe that it's not her sister. Yeah. And then she walks out Definitely a lot more scantily dressed. Yep. And they exchange some words. She kind of states how she's ready to do this. And the guy in the costume is on the ground, can barely talk. He's begging for help. Yeah, they proceed to pull back the mask on him, revealing that this vampire is actually the serial killer principal that we had seen in the previous segment. Yep. So, he looks over, he sees a bunch of dead bodies already, in which case he proceeds to start screaming, and that's where we get this amazing transformation scene that we talked about earlier. Where they're all sexy and sexying it up, everybody's undressing. Dancing to music, you know. Sexily. Get into something more comfortable. Showing their bosoms before they peel that skin right off. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I, this was the point where I was like, oh, okay. Because when he went up to her in the woods, I was like, or when she was walking to the party, I was like, okay, Tate, like, I bet there's a wolf coming after her because she's Red Riding Hood. And you just giggled. <laughs> and, like, it turned out to be the vampire guy. And I was like... Okay, and I thought it was kind of funny because that same actress is in a show with a vampire, but um, no, it got even worse than that because of that little plot twist where she ended up being, because at first they had sharp teeth, so I was like, okay, maybe the girls are vampires because they pulled out the teeth from the vampire guy, air quotes, um, because they were just fake teeth. And, and then I saw their sharp teeth and I was like, oh, okay, so they're the vampires, but then I realized they were turning into wo- wolves, so... Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was a pretty awesome plot twist, I think. I think it's definitely a... It's a good take on that Red Riding Hood theme. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And um, do you know the name of that one? That one's called Surprise Party. Right. Yes. So the next little story in this anthology is the Halloween School Bus Massacre. Oh, God. Now, this one starts out at the principal's doorstep with the three kids who ask him for candy. Yeah. They also ask him for a jack-o'-lantern for UNICEF, in which case the principal says anything for a good cause in a creepy tone. They walk away. But these are our three main characters at this part of the story. Mm-hmm. So the one boy says, do we have enough jack-o'-lanterns? And she said, almost. In which case they go to a girl's house named Rhonda. Yes. And Rhonda has savant syndrome. So they pick up Rhonda. And one thing I forgot to mention is right before this, a fourth kid had joined them with more pumpkins. So there are four kids and now Rhonda. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to this abandoned mine. And then one of them tells a story of the school bus massacre. Mm-hmm. Well, a group of children who had been sent to another town to go to school because they were seen as... Um, troublesome. Troublesome. Special. Anyway, uh, I guess the parents weren't couldn't handle it anymore, so they paid the bus driver to to kill the kids. And I mean, the plan would have worked, but as the bus driver is going through the bus at the mine... To make sure they're all belted down. Yeah, and chained in properly. Mm-hmm. One of them, who is worried because they're not on the normal route that they go home, breaks out of his restraints, then hops in the driver's seat of the bus, and then proceeds to get the bus into first gear and drive the bus right off the cliff into the lake. Accidentally. Like, the, the kid doesn't know how to drive. No, he just gets it in the gear and just Assumes he can... rolls off the cliff, pretty much. Yeah, and the bus driver hadn't planned to go off with them, but the bus driver did end up surviving. Um, but when she's the one girl, uh, one of the main girls, not Rhonda, was telling the story, then she said, like, no one knew- knows what happened to the bus driver. Yes, but we see the bus driver climbing out of the water onto the rocks, then looking back towards the water with his face all cut up. Yeah, and all the masks that the kids were wearing, because it was Halloween, started floating to the surface. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut back to the present day, and she states that they have to put these eight pumpkins by the water as eight sacrifices for the eight lives that were lost that day. Yeah, to remember them. Yeah. Which is nice in theory. Like, it's a really nice thought. I mean, in theory, yes. But bad intention. Like, or good intentions if they were true. Yeah. So, they go down the service elevator. First of all, three of them go down with three pumpkins. They tell the last two to bring the rest of them. Mm-hmm. One of the two that waited behind was Rhonda. So, they go down the elevator, and they send it back up. Then Rhonda and the youngest of the kids are now going down the elevator, and they can see the three jack-o'-lanterns sitting down in a bunch of fog. Yeah, and that's all they can see, because the jack-o'-lanterns, like, they're obviously lit up. Yeah. Because jack-o'-lanterns are lit up pumpkins. Exactly. 
Th- thank you for Big that. Big brain over here. So the kids at the bottom start screaming, and then you see the jack-o'-lanterns blow out one by one, and the last one right before the elevator stops. Mm-hmm. So the youngest boy states that he's scared, and the Rhonda says, just stay in the elevator, make sure all the jack-o'-lanterns stay lit, they'll keep you safe. Which is another kind of similar to the first anthology. Yeah. Because jack-o'-lanterns keep you safe on Spooktober Halloween. So she proceeds to walk out and investigate, and she sees the school bus sticking out of the water. And the masks of the kids that she was just with floating in the water with blood on them. She walks up and goes to reach for one of the masks, and then a hand comes up and grabs her in the leg. In which case, the rest of them comes out of a pile of leaves, some mud on them, and she turns around and runs. So, as she's running back to the elevator, she sees the youngest boy laying on the ground with another one of these ghouly zombies. Eating his guts. Yeah, eating his guts. So she runs away more and then proceeds to fall in a hole and hit her head. And she had lost her glasses at this point that had been run over by one of the monsters. Yeah. So she falls, hits her head, is unconscious for a couple seconds. She wakes up and sees the three monsters standing over her. Which then she starts to freak out, and then they say, Rhonda, this is just a prank. They pull off the mask to reveal that they're the other kids. And the one who had his guts eaten was standing behind them with some fake guts around his neck. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, they decide, you know, we should go. The one girl who presumably orchestrated all this seems very annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. But she goes to then gather the rest of the stuff. And then she starts hearing voices when she's over by the bus coming out of the water. Yeah. So then we cut back to Rhonda and one of the other kids, and they hear screaming. So the one male with her runs back, sees the other three standing there, and asks what's going on. And they say, well, we heard voices. Yep. So then we look over, and then we see the eight kids who are actual ghouly zombies, walking towards them. Now at this point, they start running and get picked off one by one. Well, one of them gets picked off. They get to the elevator with Rhonda waiting inside of it, and then she proceeds to leave them and not unlock the door to the elevator to let them in. And she goes up with her jack-o'-lantern lit in her hands. Yep. An interesting part about this scene is the actors and actresses that play the ghouls, Mm -hmm. one of them is crawling without legs, some of them are missing the limbs, but they actually used real amputees for this scene. Oh. So... That's smart. I mean, it's easier than photoshopping out... Legs and... Arms after the fact. Yeah. I mean, mean, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And... As Rhonda's walking out of the elevator, she sees Sam standing in this little concrete tube. But Sam proceeds just to watch her and let her walk away because, well, she followed the rules of Halloween. And she did his bidding. Well, kind of, yes. Yeah. But just as the same as the principal, who also followed the rules of Halloween, 
Sam also left alone. Yeah. Yeah. Which then brings us into our final story, which is titled Meet Sam. So at the beginning of this scene, we see some kids walk up to the house. They ring the doorbell, they say trick or treat, and then the door opens to what looks like complete blackness. And then we see a yellow pair of eyes come up, some snarling, the kids run away, and then we see this little white dog run out with flashlights attached to its head. Yeah. Followed by the grumpy old male who is the principal's neighbor. Mm-hmm. So then he pets the dog, he goes back in, he's watching some infomercials, eating some candy that the kids had dropped at his doorstep. Smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> in which he hears a sound in the backyard, which sounds like somebody... Messing in the backyard. Yeah. In which he goes over, the dog's barking in the backyard, then he's yelling at the dog, and this is happening at the same time that the principal was burying the boy in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So he has the same conversation with the principal, but we see it from the other side of the fence now. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So he and the dog goes back in. The dog had gone in before him. He shuts the door. He hears a sound, and he turns around, and he sees the dog door flapping. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, he hears his dog yelp upstairs. Yeah, and I can't bear to watch shows that, like, have the animal die in it or whatever or, like, get hurt, even though I obviously know it's not the actual animal getting hurt, but just, like, the thought of it just, like, breaks my soul. Pain was off screen. It never happened. Yeah, but... Dog's still alive. Doesn't show the dog dying. I know, I know. In theory, in the movie, the dog's still alive, but still, like, just hearing the yelp, and I'm just like, <gasps> and I looked over at our dog, and it just sucks. So, the old man now decides to go investigate what made the dog yelp, and he, see, he gets upstairs, and he sees something moving under the sheets on a bed, which he then pulls the sheet back to reveal a little mechanical zombie hand just laying on the bed and then out of nowhere there's a pumpkin in the corner that just erupts into flames mm-hmm. and now as he's looking at the pumpkin with trick-or-treat on the wall painted behind the pumpkin a set of hands come out or one hand comes out and cuts the back of his heel which then causes him to fall down then that's when we see Sam come out from underneath the bed and in an amazing scene, he holds up a chocolate bar, unwraps it, revealing a razor blade. <laughs> yeah, always check your candy. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, they get in a, a big fight brawl, and the old man really holds his ground. Like, he does, he does pretty well, and then he, like, shotguns the crap out of this Sam, and, mm-hmm. and he's doing okay, and then Sam rebuilds himself because he's just pumpkin. Yeah, he gets shot a couple times, but doesn't really phase him. Yeah, that's fine. His hand goes and just shoves against his nub because it was cut off, and uh, and it just, like, automatically goes back together and works again. Yeah, because that's how pumpkins work. Yes, of course. Yeah. So. That's why you're supposed to take the guts out. Exactly, so they don't eat you. Yeah, because Sam still had guts. So, anyway. 
So we see Sam walking towards the old man. He pulls up a lollipop that he had just bitten into. Yep, so it's a sharp weapon. Yes, which is the same thing that we see in the girl's, in Emma's mouth at the opening scene of the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, he stabs the old man in the chest. The old man closes his eyes, screams. Thinks he's dying. The camera pans down, and Sam is now stabbed at Candy Bar, which was laying on him. Yep. Yeah. So then he pulls up the candy bar, takes out a bite, and then just walks out. Yeah. He does the whole, like, pause, look back. Uh, you know, the dramatic one, but he continues on and walks out. And then we see him go to the sidewalk out of the yard and look across the street at Emma and her husband coming home from their long Halloween day. <laughs> where she complains about Halloween, takes off her costume, and blows out the pumpkin. And then the husband goes inside, and we see Sam cross the street. And that's the broader picture of the first scene. Yeah, well, just before that happens, we see the fireplace. And it shows a picture of all the school kids with the bus driver. Mm -hmm. And if you notice during the scene, the bus driver has the same name as the old man. And the picture hints towards that this old man was the bus driver. This old man, he drove buses. So anyway, yeah. so he was the bus driver who had killed all these kids. Yeah. So then it shows more kids at the door. They ring the doorbell, yell trick-or-treat. He comes out covered in bandages. Yeah. Gives him candy. One kid says, nice mummy costume. Yeah. He closes the door. We see Sam then go across the street then we get this nice closing scene of all the things happening Rhonda with her pumpkin in the wagon walking across the street she almost gets hit by a car which then is filled with all the werewolves yeah all the the girls but they're like wearing their skin now yeah across the street beside the old man's house is the principal's son, dressed the same as his dad, handing out candy on the doorstep. Yeah, with the, like, white shirt with the chocolate blood on it. Yeah. And then we obviously see Emma and Sam is going over there. Yeah. Then the old man walks back into his house, shuts the door. And then pretty much immediately the doorbell rings again. He opens the door, and then he sees the eight zombie ghouls that are the kids that he had killed. Yep. Now, one of them with a vampire mask slowly drones trick-or-treat, and then the movie ends. Brilliant. Bravo. Amazing ending for this movie. Yeah, it was really cool to see it all kind of come together, right? Like, it, it really tied in. Mm -hmm. I think this was a great pick for Spooktober, and... I think that it's something that everybody should enjoy at one time or another. I think so. I mean, I really enjoy this movie, and this movie is very loved by the fans. Yeah. And it seems to be very well received. For sure. But something, we got to get real now. What would you rate this movie? So I would personally rate this movie 7.5 out of 8 jack-o'-lanterns. Okay, okay. And on that note, keep your shotguns loaded, your chainsaws fueled up, and like the bus driver, always remember to double tap, sometimes triple. Happy Spooktober! Happy Spooktober!